Okay, welcome back, everyone. I have a really exciting and interesting guest on today, and that gay guest is Maeve. Now, Maeve um, and I work together at Macquarie, and Maeve has now joined a different team. But Maeve has something really interesting. She's kind of a, a quiet, unassuming person, but she's actually the CEO and founder of a charity, and that charity is Anuka. Am I am I correct in saying? Yep, Anuka. And so she's done some really amazing work. And for a little bit of time now, I've been trying to um, get Maeve on the podcast. I finally um, got her on and I'm just really excited to have you. Welcome to the podcast, Maeve. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, let's rip into it. The first question I typically ask all my guests is, what is wisdom to you? Uh, I think it's a really good question and I was listening to a couple of your episodes before to see um, what kind of answer people were giving but I think for me it's the ability to step into um, other people's shoes and understand their perspectives as well not necessarily agree with them but I think you hold compassion and perspective and I think that's what wisdom is Um, and that's not necessarily that Um, meaning that you need a lifetime of experience to be able to have wisdom, but it's the ability to broaden your perspective and understanding of the world and to make, I guess, wise choices and have wise perspectives. I think that's what it is to me. Okay, interesting. So it's about jumping into someone else's perspective or being able to see that. Yeah, being able to see that, not necessarily jumping in and being like, hey, yeah, I totally agree with that because then we would all be sheep. But wisdom is being able to understand other perspectives and then form more of your own and have a, like a wider view of what's going on in the world, in your world and others' worlds. I think that's what wisdom is to me. Right. And so might I ask, Maeve, is what actually happens when, when you gain a, a wider view and, and you kind of gain this sort of sense of wisdom? I think it... Um... You kind of gain it more of an appreciation for yourself and for others and journeys and decisions and, um, you know, what is actually going on in the world and others' worlds, your world. So I think being able to appreciate others, yourself, the world, and have that kind of wisdom um, benefits your ability to make decisions and choose your path and um, kind of walk through life with grace and compassion. Mm-hmm. So it kind of changes your whole approach and perspective. I think so. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's a vibe. That's a vibe. Now, I gotta go. I gotta go straight into asking it. What is the story of Anuka? Like, what's the story? <laughs> Let's go straight to that. Yeah, I still haven't really refined this, and I get asked it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So Anuka is an Australian-based charity, but we operate over in Tanzania, specifically the northern region of Tanzania, in a um, region called Arusha. Um, specifically, I guess Anuka is the Swahili word for rise up, um, translation loosely. And our ethos and mission is to build stronger communities. So our projects uh, focus on education, empowerment, environment, and equity. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's still some in the works, but um, at this stage, since inception in 2019, Um, We've been able to build two schools in the Maasai region of Arusha. So the Maasai are the native uh, people of uh, southern Kenya, northern Tanzania. Um, So we've been able to build two schools in their region, um, which has meant that their um, children 
um, slash young adults have been able to access education, which they haven't previously been able to. Um, I work with a partner NGO in Tanzania called Chetty. And with, in partnership with them, we support over 1,300 students um, across another six schools. And we also run a women's empowerment project uh, by way of microfinance loans uh, for 30 women in the community. So we're able to loan them money each month to go and establish their own small business or invest in a current small business that they have um, to build up their um whatever it may be, whether it's a tailoring service, um, local produce, uh, firewood, some of the most common ones, um, and then reinvest back in so we can put it towards other widows. Wow. Um, And we are also building um, a vocational training centre. So up until very recently, it was illegal in Tanzania to go to school if you were pregnant or were a mother. Um, So that kind of marginalised a huge part of the community not being able to access an education. And we all know that education um, is paramount to your ability to succeed in life and also knowledge is power, quoting, um, I'm pretty sure that's Nelson Mandela. Um, mm-hmm. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Oh, good. But, and also educating a community actually lifts them up, you know, economically as well so having an educated population both men and women is actually really good for the economy so we've um, started not only because we uh, focus on equity so we believe that everyone should have access to an education as is their fundamental human right Um, but specifically in this region um, it's been a lot harder for the majority of the female population to get an education so this vocational center will help them um, with their basic English, maths, and um, more uh, Swahili comprehension, but also gaining um, practical life skills like accounting, um, tailoring, you know, working in the market business so that they can still continue to support their families um, and they're not marginalised or, you know, outcast from their families. They will have their own kind of community to help bring themselves up. So that project is in the works and we also support the boys' orphanage that is attached to one of the Chetty organizations. So there's a lot going on. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Can I? Maybe I, I could. I could probably. Um, we're going to. We'll go deep in, into what kind of effect is going on, which I'm. That's very exciting. But might I ask, for the the 2019 conception, how does one just like did the idea just come to mind, and how did you take action on it? What What was the go? What was the process that kind of led you to where? you're having this impact right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, I'd always wanted to work in um, the human rights, uh, not-for-profit uh, sector um, from a very young age. And I had been drawn to Africa specifically. Um, one of my cousins is, who married into my family is from Uganda and my family for a long time um, sent money back to his community to help with, his family and his community going to school. So I kind of already had that a bit of awareness. Um, but it was a bit of a fluke, me ending up in Africa at such a young age. Um, I was actually supposed to go to Europe for a second gap year and then plans changed and a month later I was in Africa by myself. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I volunteered with an organisation and happened to be placed at Chetty, uh, which is how I formed that connection and this still very pro- prosperous partnership. 
Um, so that was 2018. Mm. Um, and while I was there, I set up a GoFundMe um, and helped raise money to actually finish building Chetty 7, which is now one of the schools that we built together and slash I look after. Um, and I didn't realize how much of an impact that community and the people would have on me. Um, and I was, I was stoked with the ability that, you know, that I was able to help them in such a way. Um, and I, I just kept in contact with Zuma, who is my NGO partner. He's the director of Chetty. I just kept in contact with him and I came back to Australia and I was like, I've, you know, this has changed my life pretty much, the experience that I've just had. Um, I need to know how to make this legit. And I wasn't really sure, still navigating. I was actually studying at uni at this stage and working part-time, so I wasn't really sure how that would work. But I went back in 2019 to see how the project was going and seeing how the impact was on the community and whether, you know, the school was actually being used because there was the doubt that um, because Maasai are very, um, like, agricultural-based people, they um, just work in the fields and that's kind of their lifestyle. They don't have electricity. They live in mud um, huts. You know, they're very isolated from the world that both you and I are so used to. Mm. Um, So we had lots of talks with the community leaders leading up to building the school, but we weren't actually sure if it was going to take off. And I went back in 2019 and we had an enrollment of 45 students, which doesn't sound huge, but for that community was huge. Wow. And so I was like, damn, okay, this is actually like changing lives. Like this is crazy. It's changing the community and it's changing their perspective. Also keeping in touch to their like cultural roots because the school was built so close to the community. So they could still, you know, keep in touch with their heritage and their Maasai practices, but they were also able to get an education at the same time, um, which was just the biggest thing for me. And I just remember being like, okay, damn. And went to the internet cafe probably two weeks into my um, trip back in 2019 and called my mom and I was like, mom, I think I want to start an NGO. Like, I think I want to make this legit. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, yeah, okay. I'm surprised this doesn't cross your mind sooner. <laughs> oh, it. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, okay. And so that's pretty much how it happened. And um, talked with Zuma a lot. Um, about my plans I had um, another good consultation with uh, a friend of mine um, from the UK who also uh, runs an NGO um, over there and came back and yeah basically just ticked off all the boxes to start a charity in Australia. Wow and so in in this process like were there times where you didn't know what to do or you felt disheartened or yeah okay what can oh, yeah. How did you get through that? Like, what was the go? Um, I mean, it's it doesn't seem hard, but at the same time, being self-motivated to continue with something that is so far removed from your real life mm. um, is, is a bit hard to navigate because especially where I can't go in and handle the projects that I'm doing myself, like hands-on, mm. um, 
it's a huge amount of trust between me and Zuma. And I'm very grateful that I get almost daily updates um, through photos and videos of the work that we're doing together. And then um, I get all, um, I get at least monthly reports. And then whenever money is sent over, I get the receipts. So it's a huge amount of trust between um, the two of us. Um, And even in COVID, um, that was scary um, because of the impact that it had on obviously our community, their community, and then the world globally. Um, That was unprecedented and um, very challenging to navigate. Um, But even still, we were able to continue working and continue supporting the community, which was one thing I was a bit worried about. But um, I'm very grateful that the supporters that I have over here were still able to support um, people that they haven't even met. And um, they were still willing to, you know, donate money monthly to, you know, help raise the money which during COVID specifically ended up paying for um, food for all of the teachers across the Chetty schools because they weren't working um, and they didn't, they don't have anything like Centrelink or, you know, superannuation like we do over here that we could dip into or the government was going to fund us if we were out of work. So them being out of work for quite a few months was literally life or death in terms of being able to access food. Mm. Um, So we were still able to support them, which was really good. Well, wow. um, and I guess the initial challenges was just a lot of research, um, a lot of research, a lot of calling um, different people. And um, I'm very grateful to my family, in particular, my mom, like she's been the biggest supporter from the start. Um, if I have any worries, just call my mom and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, and she usually has a solution. If not, she has some very firm words of advice um a motherly touch hey yes yes um but it's I'm supporting community over there but I have a whole community behind me as well which is supporting Anuka um do what it needs to do so yeah wow so it's just a network of support yeah right and so the the impact that that Anuka has on on these communities like could you tell me a little bit about like what what some of the things you've seen yeah, sure. Um, that's that's hard to put in. Uh, I've got to, there's been so much, um, which I'm very grateful. Ooh. Yeah. So back on on the impact. Sorry, sorry, gang. We had a bit of a um, bit of an internet connection on my end on that end. But yeah, back to the impact, mate. Uh yeah. So, um. Uh, there's been a lot there's been a lot um one example in particular um I guess we were able to a young mother um who had previously been at um a public school in the region um fell pregnant was excluded from school um and didn't really know what to do especially over there um it's quite taboo to get um have a child before marriage Mm. um if your family is not uh I guess a little bit open-minded you're pretty much shunned discarded um you know can't talk to them they won't give you any support so it can be quite challenging for these young women and these young families if that does happen if the if the partner chooses to stay with them as well that's a whole nother you know issue with his family as well um but 
2022, we were able to a uh, young girl called Mary and we were able to give her a sewing machine and she was able to start a tailoring business um, a couple of months before her little baby was born. Um, and now her and her aunt run that together and they're able to make enough money to, you know, support her, her baby and um, her family as well. So wow. um, that was, that was something that I was pretty excited about and it didn't actually take all that much just getting the sewing machine was about 300 AUD so um such a small amount of money can actually change a life and I think people know that but they don't think they realize that sometimes Mm. and for me getting these updates pretty much you know like I said daily weekly um it really reinforces that for me um and you know my supporters understand that as well wow that's really cool because you know 380 like to like us like just some it's like you know it's it's a good amount of money but it's nothing like life-changing but that's incredible how that money was used to just empower someone to look after their you know their kid and that's that's just incredible so so like are you saying like in the in these communities when when they're empowered sort of thing they're they're kind of I don't know. It's just like they're, they're, that is the loan or the step up that they needed to to change it all, sort of thing. Is that? Yeah, of- and it's not to it's not to say that without our help they wouldn't get anywhere because there are so many stories of people in that community where they are still able to empower themselves regardless of the support that they get from another, one another or mm. other people. Um, one of the slight tangents, but one of the biggest things that impacted me both like all the times that I've been there is their like just their hope. That's the biggest thing that I take away from it. They are just, they're so hopeful and they're so like grounded in having faith in that their abilities can get them where they needed to go. Um, Like in, in perspective, sometimes, you know, sometimes life presents us with lots of challenges and it can be really disheartening and, you know, depending on with, which path you choose to take, it can have very different outcomes. But yeah, the biggest thing that I have seen and what I've taken away from them is no matter how little they have or no matter how beat down they are, their ability to hope for change and for difference and for perseverance is just insane. Um, like it's it's unmatched in anything else I've ever seen. Wow. So so this quality of hope, what what does that allow them to do? Like what, what is the, the impact of, of having hope in your experience? I, it just allows them to have a lot of faith and like a mindset where, which may be perceived in current culture that uh, westernized current culture where it's like, oh, it's okay to rest, blah, 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 which of course it is. Um, but they don't have that option. And so hope provides them with faith to be able to do what they need to do to survive and to support themselves and to reach the goals that they need to reach. Wow. And some of the stories that come out of that are just incredible. So do you think, do you think maybe if, if someone like say in like Western culture was instilled with that same amount of hope and perseverance, like, do, like, you know, with all our resources, what do you think that would do to someone like in our culture? I think I don't, I, that's, it's that's very personal like that's yeah. like from person to person so i it's a bit hard to make that kind of generalization mm. um 
because I believe anyone that's put in a circumstance, if they have the ability to hope and have faith and, you know, um, push themselves with um, not necessarily just motivation, but more discipline, they can achieve whatever, like someone can achieve whatever they put their mind to kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Everyone has that ability to be able to change their mindset. Um, I think if a lot of people in our day and age are specifically Western with exposure to social media and that sort of thing, which can have a huge impact on our way of life. Um, I think anyone who had the kind of hope and faith that the communities that I work with in Tanzania was kind of translated over here. It's very generalized, like, but I think they could have the same outcome in terms of they could put their mind to something and they would be able to achieve what they wanted to achieve. That mm. sort of thing. Wow. That's powerful. And so maybe you also made a little distinction between motivation versus discipline. Could you, could you expand on that? Like what's the go there? Yeah. Um, so for me personally, the distinction between motivation and discipline is um, somewhat of external in, and internal influence. So motivation, I find motivation can run out for anyone. No one is going to be motivated 365 days of the year to do whatever it is that they're trying to do. Like that just doesn't happen. Not everyone has a good day every single day. Things mm. happen. Mm. Um, so for me, motivation is more external factors that are the driving force and that can run out and that can like not happen one day. Whereas discipline is the internal motivation and habits and kind of mindset where if that motivation does run out, you have built up yourself internally and with, you know, habits, self-talk, um, all sorts of things to still drive you to where you need to go so that you can 365 days out of the year if it's necessary. I don't think anyone should be working 365 days out of the year for whatever reason. But, you know, if that discipline is that what's, that's what will get you there. Um, so it's internal focus rather than ex, uh, external motivation. Mm. That makes sense. Okay. No, that's really cool. So maybe might I ask how, like, how does one or how do, how do you build up that internal world or that internal kind of, you know, motivate discipline? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great question and it's a lot of work and I am not preaching to a choir because I definitely don't think that I have all of the answers. Um, and you know, everyone's still a work in progress. Um, even people who are, you know, um, really influential in that kind of, you know, the self-helps, that self-motivation sphere, um, I'm sure that they would be the first to tell you as well that they still, are, you know, developing themselves. Mm. Um, but I think it comes down to very small habits and very small goals to start with. And as you build on those, your discipline and your ability to kind of focus on where you need to go um, builds up over time. So creating small habits daily um, and then that will lead to a small goal and then, you know, that has a bigger goal and a bigger impact. It's kind of like the butterfly effect. Mm. Um, I feel like sometimes people make, uh, yeah, people, I was going to differentiate between age, but I don't actually think that that's necessary. Um you know, they have this huge goal, you know, whatever it might be, whether it's money motivation, health motivation, um, lifestyle motivation, have a huge goal. 
and their initial focus is what can I do to get on that to that goal and for a lot of people depending on how big the goal is it's going to be a huge amount of work and that's just disheartening you know Mm, anyone mm. like whether you want to become a doctor and you have to study for seven eight years and you are just like oh crap I don't know if I can do this or if you want to make your first million dollars in 12 months you know again oh crap how am I going to do this like that's a huge goal and it can be disheartening for quite a lot of people um so I find that small habits small goals actually help you kind of narrow niche and get your focus where it needs to be and then those little goals keep happening quite quickly and before you know it you'll be a doctor or you'll make your first million or you know you'll you know fix your heart health or whatever it might be yeah that's powerful that's really powerful and I'm feeling low-key relevant for me right now so (laughs) love that love that and so like was there like in your project in in this um was there a point like where where your little goals kind of hit like something hit you hit like gold or like there was a part where just like like almost like a a big thing happened or something just happened out of the blue like a like a good fortune or good luck after your hard work could you was that was um, any point yeah yeah that not like a huge like um ding 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 kind of thing because mm. unfortunately I knew it happened like we got registra- charity registration uh, off the top of my head. I think it was the 20th of February in 2020. Oh. And, you know, <laughs> two months later, the whole world shut down. And so there wasn't, I, I had such huge plans for 2020, 2021, 2022, and COVID blew that out of the water. Um, so it was more little milestones during that where I was like, okay, this is, I'm still able to do what I need to do. Sure, it might not be what I initially had in mind, but, you know, whether I'm making, you know, raising, you know, 5K in the first year in comparison to 10K in the first year, that money is still going to make a difference. And I was still able to make small but very impactful differences throughout COVID and up until now. I think the biggest, because COVID was so isolating for like lots of people or for lots of different reasons and um, being in the not-for-profit organisation, you know, it's not consumerism where, you know, people have necessity, they need clothes, they need food. It's the generosity of people and the kindness of people to be able to give money that they might be able to spend on something else to help change someone's life. And when you don't have anything tangible to give back, it's quite hard to motivate people to give, especially in a time where, you know, work is cut and it's really short. So that was really challenging for me to be able to navigate and figure out how on earth can I still, you know, try and, you know, get someone to not buy coffee one day a week and give that money to me instead. And you know, even people weren't buying coffees out anymore because, you know, like money was so tight during COVID. Um, so that was quite challenging. But uh, last year, still, you know, everyone's still feeling kind of like the economic impacts of um, COVID. And just at the moment with everything else that's going on in the world, the economic um, state is not fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, last year, we held a um, an event in October and um, it was 
really um, heartwarming and kind of exhilarating and exciting with how many people actually turned up to like support Anuka and support everything that we're doing over in Tanzania. Um, so that was maybe one of those big like, okay, I've still been able to work consistently and now I've had this big thing and it turned out way better than I expected. Wow. That's really exciting. Yeah. And so like how with with fundraising, like with fundraising, Maven, like, you know, with these kind of things, what is the approach that you have learned so far? What is like in, in your kind of research and in your experience so far, what have you seen is is the go with fundraising? Um, to be honest, it's still quite hit and miss. Uh with mm-hmm. oh, I just pressed a button, sorry. Um, (laughs) it's it it really depends and I think that you have to catch if the people don't know you you have to catch someone on a good day um and or in a good mindset or you know something like that for me a lot of my regular donors are people that I know and people that I have a relationship with where they believe in me my vision my purpose and how that translates to Anuka and um being able to hold kind of regular fundraising events builds up that trust um, and builds up that relationship. So I've found that that way is a lot easier for me. Um, It might not mean that I'm making really, really big bucks, but I'm making bucks that are consistent. And that's what is actually more important for the longevity of my projects. Wow. So, so it's, it's more about building relationship trust and, and, and communicating your vision and kind of building that. And that's kind of what has led to fundraising. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. And do you like, cause I'm, I'm kind of getting into like, you know, I'm building my, my stuff and I guess sure. it's different cause it's more about, I guess it's more about me at this stage, you know? Um, but like, do you ever feel as though, like, do you ever feel like, have you ever had that fear that, like, Hey, maybe I'm getting too much of myself out there or should I be doing more? Or like, what, what's the go with with content? Because I think that's more, I don't know, maybe it's just a personal insecurity of mine sort of thing. But I have heard that it's its like the more that you post, the better. So I don't know. I just want to get your advice on that. Um. Yeah, I think about that every day. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I constantly, am I doing enough? Um, am I, you know, it's more, am I doing enough rather than yeah. am I doing too, like too much? Um. Because it is a hard, um, you know, it's a hard line to kind of navigate in terms of if I'm sharing too much, um, am I going to be impacted slash, you know, is that going to kind of impact future things? Or if I'm not doing enough, that obviously has an immediate impact. So mm. it is it is a very tricky thing to navigate and depending on who you connect with, you know, they could be a, a really, really great connection. And I've made a lot of those recently. Um, don't know if they'll listen to this, but shout out to the Dapper Boys, Legends and Rish. Um, and Rid. But um, then at the same time, you know, your stuff is all online and that can expose you to anyone. And, you know, that leads to a really kind of interesting and maybe unsavory interactions. And that happens as well. So it is, it's a tough thing to navigate, um, but, and I, I can't say that I figured it out yet, um, but I 
am always more on the uh, on the side of like being more trustful to people and being more open to thinking that they are being genuine in what they're saying. And usually they are. Wow. That's a really good point. And I think that's really, I love how um, it was really powerful and not, and just, I love how you said, I haven't figured it out yet. Cause I feel like, I feel like that's, that's part of it. It's you know, part of the journey and, and like journey you learn as you go. And I totally get that. That's so interesting about that sense of, am, am I doing enough? And, and, you know, navigating like what, what do people think and building relationships? And I guess my question Maeve, is, is, did you ever have fears did you ever have fears? Because I think when I talk to my mates or people, a lot of the time, sometimes what, what holds them back is what will people think? What will people say? What, how will I do, you know? What, how have you been able to, to get over that? Or was that a thing that was never really a factor? What's the go there? Um, I think in terms of, I mean, obviously it's something that comes across everybody's mind when they're making a decision, like what will people think of me? But I think that what helps you navigate that and in the end, you know, your decision is that it's it's your life, it's your decision mm. and that's the impact that it's going to have on you is what matters most. Mm. Um, mm. So obviously if you're going to go and like rob a bank at, and hold someone at gunpoint, yeah. And, you know, if that's going to impact people really negatively um, and you get some money but maybe not enough that you wanted, maybe no. So <laughs> encouraging, like, dishonest slash illegal behaviour. Yeah, yeah, okay, but cool. <laughs> I think um, at the end of the day, if it's something where you're passionate about it or you think you're passionate about it, it's something that's driving you at the moment, it's piqued your interest and your biggest concern is, what are people going to think of me? I think that you need to kind of come back to yourself and be like, you know what, actually, you know, I'm going to go and start this business because I want it and I can see that this is going to impact me in a positive way. Or I'm going to go out and start running every single day because I know that that's going to help me in the long run. Or you know what, even if you want to go and buy something that's super expensive, if that's going to impact you and positively like influence your life in the moment, do it. Like there's, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be kind of, the decision-making shouldn't be external powers. It should be internally. If you've got a good set of values and morals, it should be internal. Oh, that's a mind blow. I love that so much because I think you sometimes like, even I find myself completely forgetting about you know what am I what am I in this for? And then like literally what you said, oh because there's it, it lights me up. Things light me up, and this is my life. We only get one life, and you know we've got to go after you know what we're we're driven to. You know so that's that's really cool. Exactly. Okay, how, yeah. Go ahead. What I was just gonna say, and I don't think that should be limited to youth or you know young age. I think that that is something if you are able to, and it's not going to negatively impact you in the foreseeable future, you know, go and do it. Like go and take that holiday, you know, take that day off work so that you can just look after yourself, um, go to that concert, you know, go and buy the cake because you want to eat cake. Like, you know, (laughs) it shouldn't be so much of a concern. And I think that that's what happens a lot. Um, And it's definitely an impact from social media. It's like, oh, if I do this, everyone's going to think this of me. Like, 
social media is great in terms of connectivity and like learning new things but at the same time it's so detrimental to your like mental and physical health um that people really need to learn to like go back into themselves and figure out their morals their values and what they want to do with their lives rather than being swayed by the latest trend that's big that's really big because you know i find if i'm on social media and i'm scrolling too long i lose i lose a sense of hope i lose my energy it's just like oh everything feels impossible but you're so right as the moment i come back into myself come back into what's going on in here start listening in it's just like boom we're back on again we're back and playing so maybe might i ask What's your goal and strategy with, with social media and, and managing that? I think this is a massive thing for youth, but I'm not even going to say for youth, probably for everyone who has a phone, you know? So what's your, what's your goal? What, what's your thoughts? Um, I have social media um, primarily because of my international connections mm. um, and the relationship that I need to keep with people overseas. Um, and, uh, I have quite a few friends overseas as well that I like to keep in contact with. Um, and I live, so I don't live near my family and my friends from back home. So having social media helps me keep in contact with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do have it, but I don't use it all that much. Um, I mostly use my social media for learning. Um, and I have time caps, so I have an iPhone. I don't know if you can do the same thing on an Android, but I have time caps on, um, my, most of my apps so that I don't spend more than, I think it's 90 minutes a day on any of them. So, um, yeah, for me, Instagram, I very rarely post um I usually just use it to keep in contact with friends or learn things from other inf- um, influencers or um you know big speakers in their field like Jay Shetty and um you know I love Barack Obama so I follow Barack Obama mm-hmm. um, and Michelle Obama but like um and a lot of um uh mental health and physical health um people who post on there um Facebook, I very rarely use. It's just for a nuka. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Snapchat, but I only use that to keep in contact with my friends. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I think I'm I'm quite good with my social media habits, um, but I know that a lot of people our age, younger and older, are not so much. Um, I Yeah, I think that... You have to have a really strong sense of self um, to not be impacted by what's going on in the world on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the algorithms are super tailored to whatever you're looking at. And so sometimes it's so hard to escape that and it becomes your reality. Um, And if you're constantly bombarded by it, you know, there really has to be something that changes your path slash your habits with it for you to really break that cycle. Um, and I think that just becomes, comes with sometimes, unfortunately, something like quite triggering and, you know, that can change your habits. Otherwise, it's just a lot of discipline and realising that, hey, there's actually so much going on in the world. I don't need to be glued to my phone. Wow. That's big. That's big. 
And question I would ask, and I think, I don't know if, but if you could speak to, um, like for, 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 for a nuke, like it seems as though, I, I don't know if, if this is your experience, like it's almost like you developed the vision or the vision came to mind and you have that focus. How does someone, maybe you're stuck on social media, you're scrolling sort of thing and there's no real outlet. How does someone find their vision or their outlet or their sort of thing in life? What's what's the go there? That's a good question. Um, and I, I can't remember who said it, um, and I came across it ages and ages ago. But we're in a day and age where we're not paralysed by not having enough options. We're paralysed by having too many options. Mm. And so you're constantly presented with, oh, you could do this, oh, you could do this, oh, you could do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And so that actually puts you in a state of, well, what am I supposed to do? And how do I find what I'm supposed to do if I'm constantly being told about all these options for me and my life? And I think that where the decision-making actually comes is when you step out into, um, I guess, the more natural world and you get in touch with yourself. And um, and by natural world, I mean just like walking outside because when you walk, you think and that can lead to other thoughts. Ooh, um, ooh, okay. But I think if you're if you're stuck inside or you're stuck in a job and you're constantly in front of a screen, not exposing yourself to broader perspectives, whether that is through books or through time where you're not constantly plugged into something, then you can actually figure out what matters to you and what means something to you. Um, so I think that that's a good way if and if you don't have the opportunity to you know and go like I'm very thankful and grateful and lucky to have had the opportunities that I've had to be able to get me to a, have a perspective and a life purpose that I have and you know some people are not as fortunate and they don't have that ability um and you know their whole world can be their phone and for some, that is okay. But for a lot of people our age, and especially the youth, in terms of mental health, it's just, it's not okay. Mm. And so being able to take a step outside of the social world and into the natural world, I think helps sharpen your perspective in terms of what matters to you. So so in this way, it's kind of like getting off that, getting off that like clenched in focus, going out into the world and, and gaining experiences. It's almost like experience will open you up is that is that kind of the, the... I think it's experience and perspective from others around you like wow. um because even though social media you might have someone that you look up to so much they're not actually around you and their lifestyle might not actually be attainable to you mm. and so if you think about the people that you surround yourself with physically not social like in the internet world then you know what values they have can kind of translate into what values you have. So if you're not actually surrounded by anyone, where do your values, where does your purpose come from? And I think that you need to go out and kind of explore that. Wow, that's really insightful. So, and it's funny how you said internet world, because it does feel like that's a completely separate world um, versus just when I'm out and about with with people and just doing activities and with people surrounding me. And that's yeah. such an amazing point because internet world really isn't real world. 
And I guess everyone kind of presents, you know, I present, you know. Yeah, it's such a, it's like kind of a catch-22 because these days you need that to be able to expose yourself and, you know, build whatever you need to build. Like without the internet, you know, you're not really connected to anything slash you can't really do what you need to do um, unless you're satisfied living an extremely, you know, insular life. Um, which is fine. Some people like that and that's fine. They can go about their days doing that. Um, But I think, you know, for a lot of people who have big dreams, big passion, big perspective, big goals, you do need that internet world. But the reality of that is a lot less than the reality of your real world that is around you physically, emotionally, mentally. So it's kind of hard to, you know, sometimes separate yourself from that because everyone tries to present the most realistic thing on the internet but at the same time to stay relevant they can't be super duper authentic because that might not actually work in terms of like the metrics and the algorithms and whatever so you know you have to have such a deep-rooted like confidence with within yourself and I'm not saying be confident be cocky you know be arrogant like no one likes that kind of person I'm sorry um but be so like confident in what matters to you and what your values, morals are that you're able to be still live an authentic life for you and still be able to be authentic to you and, you know, what's going in your on in your world, that you're able to reach into the internet world and be a positive impact there. That's powerful. It's almost like, um, look, I hate to sound like that dude, but it's almost like I always go back to the Matrix. How, um, <laughs> you know, I know, like, you know, it's so, I was so goofy, right? It, it's like when they kind of tune into the Matrix world, um, you know, they have to, like, they have to kind of, they're strapped up into the real world before they go into it. It's, I love that because it's almost like the purpose there is developing your inner world, developing and finding out what's inside. And when you find out and you kind of are more closely intimate with what's inside, you can go into internet world and you're not going to be as affected by it. It'll yeah. probably be more influential versus being influenced. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty profound. Loving that. Feeling the vibes. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So babe, what is, um, what's next for, for Anuka? Like what's kind of like, how do you, how do you choose your, your next, your next thing or like, do you, yeah. How do you go? Like what, how do you kind of on this seafaring voyage, where do you steer? How do you steer? Yeah. Um, so at the moment, um, just focusing on building up the current projects that I have, because there is already quite a few of them. I don't really need to broaden at this stage, Mm -hmm. um, considering it is just myself and my mum. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) um, it's a pretty heavy lifting for a two man job. Um, but uh, I, for Nuka, the next steps are going to be obviously making sure that the projects that I have currently are to where I want them. So next three to five year goal, you know, still being able to support my two schools slash the extra six, have my vocational center up and running, feeding back into the community. Um, and I hope to explore um, other NGO partnerships and opportunities in other African nations. So 
um, looking at Nigeria and Rwanda at this stage. Um, so I have a couple of connections there and hopefully um, they turn out to be what I hope they are in terms of, yeah, Anuka's reach um, spreading. So when you're talking about, because there's a couple of things that I've kind of noticed is um, you're talking about conversations, connections, um, relationships. What's the, like, how does one, I don't know, no, no, I'm not going to ask how does one you know, build a connection with another human being. I could, I could ask that, but like, what's the, I mean, that sounds really like I'm an insular, I'm the insular guy on his phone. Like, <laughs> but um, I guess. Could you speak to the wisdom of of connections and building relationships? That's what that's what my question will be. Uh, in the not for profit sector or in general? We'll go not for profit and even in general. Just yeah, because I feel like there could be some richness in both of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think with any connection that you build, there has to be an underlying level of respect. Um, I think. Um, yeah, that builds and fosters prosperous connections um, no matter what the relationship is. Um, If you have a level of respect for someone and they have a level of respect for you, um, there's going to be, you know, a mutual back and forth and benefiting both of you. Um, And in terms of the not-for-profit sector, there's respect and trust and communication. Um, Just off the top of my head. Um, So being able to be respect someone trust them and communicate with them your visions and their visions and for it to work symbiotically so I'm very lucky that I found this connection with Zuma and so I'm able to continue building up a nuka over in Australia and still have the reach and the impact that I do have in Tanzania mm-hmm. um well, without him a nuka would not be as successful as it is today and you know, I'm not saying that we're super duper successful, but we've been able to do a lot of good work. Um, so, yeah, fostering connections in that sphere in terms of meeting people that are either influential in that community or, you know, there is a level of trust between the two or, you know, multiple people, depending on what the dynamic is. Um, I think that that's really, really important, especially if you're going to have an international or global reach. Um but it's important at the local level as well. Like you want to be able to, if I'm putting it into perspective with Anuka and, you know, Chetty and the work that we do, you want to be able to trust the person is going to be able to deliver on what they've told you to. So, you know, I if I was going to send my kid to school and I'm looking at two and this one is promising a better standard of education than this one, you're going to have to trust that and they're going to have to be able to deliver on it, which is what we aim to do. And statistically, the Chetty schools that operate that I work with score extremely high, if not in number one, two or three place in the national exams um, in that region every single year. So, wow. wow. You know, even though the majority of the children that come to our schools are from poverty affected families and there's not a lot of money, we still have such a quality of education removing ourselves from the, the internationally funded schools that have a lot of money and influence in the schools that don't have a lot of money and influence, we score so well because our teachers are paid well, they're compensated well, and they care um, and they're not overwhelmed, um, which is so important for delivering a high quality of education. Wow. So 
so what I'm what I'm kind of seeing is it's almost like I'm 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 piecing together the power of, of good people and and developing relationships with good people and fostering and nurturing good people. Is that yeah. would that be a fair kind of? Yeah, good people because uh, and I think there has to be a level of altruism as well. Okay. Um, okay. There has to be a the ability to give back or to be able to step in and be selfless for even just a moment. Um, so whether that's, you know, you sacrificing $5 for your cup of coffee, or if it's a big donor and you're sacrificing $5,000 rather than, you know, putting that towards something, a huge gadget, they're all acts, small acts, but they're acts of like selflessness, being able to be like, okay, I can see that this is going to do good and be for like the better. Um, so I think that, yeah, there has to be that level of good people, altruism and selflessness, whether that's in a moment or ongoing. Wow. So, so what's powering this social impact is, is human altruism and and selflessness, like at the core of it is like a generous, generous moments, generous moments between people. I think it's compassion, generosity, and the ability to realize that you can like influence something and sometimes that is enough of a motivation for people wow um, being like i can do this like this is going to change because of me and sometimes that is enough mm. um so and not just talking money wise you know if someone has a service to provide or a perspective like you know you could talk to someone who might have had a vastly different experience to you this is leading out of not for profit sector and just more genuine connection but um, mm-hmm. you know, vastly different experience to you and they can impart that wisdom, so shall we say, onto you and that can change your trajectory. Like that wow. can change your life. And so I think that that comes from, yeah, people being genuine, generous, compassionate and altruistic. That's so powerful. I mean, and and it's funny how you said that if people know that it can make a difference and have an impact, then people become almost switched on to do it because I think half the problem sometimes is that people feel powerless in in the world to do anything yeah they do so I guess that's that's really exciting because I guess what that positions you as is not only are you empowering um these communities you're also empowering you know I know it sounds contrite but you're empowering like western you know privileged western people to be able to feel like they actually are making difference and show them that you know their contribution actually means something which is yeah i think that's that's inspiring in itself i mean you know i think so so maybe may i ask like how, like with like generosity and why are people generous why are people compassionate i know that's a really random like philosophical thing but oh, I, don't yeah, know, I just would ask it's you know we're going there <laughs> um i think it comes down well that's that's tricky that's a tricky question um i think people's generosity comes down to personality and perspective um okay. i think depending on what people have been exposed to um or slash what they've learned or what they've you know grown up with or been around or might have dipped their toe in, changes their perspective, obviously. And that 
I think, influences how generous someone is. And then obviously, innately as human beings, we all have different sets of qualities that are a bit stronger than others, um, depending on what kind, you know, whether it's like cultural, social, mental, physical, blah, blah, blah. There's all sorts of different things that come into your personality and some are going to be, depending on the person, some are going to be stronger in some areas than others and vice versa. And I think that also plays a part in how generous one may be. Mm-hmm. So so there's an aspect of of just someone, you know, just the way that someone's kind of personality. But I guess which I think is is pretty interesting that that um that aspect of of perspective which was very similar kind of vein on 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 your kind of perspective and expression of wisdom which i find that super interesting do you think that the wiser that we become the more generous we become is that what do you what are your thoughts i don't know because i think i think it could go either way or like be a little bit of a gray area and i think that that's kind of where your innate sense of self, like aka your per- like your personality, who you are, influences your interaction with the world and others. So, for me, yes, I would believe that the wiser I become, and the wiser I think others are becoming, they understand that generosity is a two way street. It's not just you know, oh, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. You might not be getting anything tangible in return, but the the pathways that that changes in you as a person being like oh okay I'm like I'm making a difference I have that ability you know can change how you interact with the world I like to believe that and I you know that might be a truth for me one of mine but for other people depending on the world that they're in generosity might be seen as something that's going to be taken advantage of and the more generous they are, the more they're going to be run over by people. So I think it really depends. I don't think there's a one-way street in terms of wisdom and generosity, depending, like broadening with perspective. It could go another way, if that makes sense. Wow, that's that's a really meaty kind of point because I guess, well, I guess one thing we can kind of generalise is that depending on your world and your worldview and how you see reality, will depend on on your view or will change your your view of generosity i guess i guess that's yeah, yeah but that's interesting that that is really interesting because i i guess some people some people say the old thing um sadder but wiser there's that there's that aspect as well yeah there is or, that aspect you know? yeah so but then there's also people who say wiser and more free and more peaceful i don't know if that's an actual saying but like you know have that yeah the connotations are there the connotations are there yeah yeah that's interesting. And you said when it when generosity um kind of rewires your, your brain, what's what's the go there? So so in your mind, maybe it obviously and in your worldview, generosity seems to be like a wise and good thing. Could you could you could you actually um tell tell us more about that actually? That'd be cool. Yeah, so I depending on perspective as well, sometimes the people think like might think that generosity is an enabling um, factor in terms of um, negative uh, behaviours. So the more generous you are to someone in terms of more handouts, they're not going to do anything to change their situation. And, you know, there's many circumstances in the world where that is a reality. Mm. Um, And, you know, 
you being a generous, kind person can actually enable someone's poor behaviours. Um, but for me, my perspective on generosity and why I continue to practice what I do is that sometimes it takes someone's kindness and kind of whether you want to think of it in a way of like a handshake or a handhold being like, hey, I got you, let's do this kind of thing can change the way someone else views the world. So, you know, for me going out and being like, hey, I'm happy to do this, you know, let's go this way together, that can bring them out of a space where they might not have been able to see themselves out of, if that makes sense. So so, so in this case, Maeve, what I'm kind of seeing is that it has to be a the discernment on, on generosity and, and and kind of making sure that the generosity empowers the person and is actually going to be good for the person who you go kind of given to. Is that kind of what it is or like, I don't know. I think I don't view it as a way of being like, if I keep being generous to this person, like, I think there's no, for me, there's no predisposition or there's no like pre-screening or whatever in terms of like, oh, if I give this person money, they're not going to really change the situation. Like there's, Mm. that's not why I, how I view generosity. I'm like, it's a like, this is a decision on my part and my ability to potentially help someone else. Beautiful. What they choose to do with said help is on them. Yeah. But I'm not going to, you know, differentiate between someone who's just going to take my money and go and use it to buy a bag of chips or someone that's going to take that money and go and learn how to make soap so that they continue to make soap. You know, I'm not like, I'm not playing God, if that makes sense. So I'm just, you know, being able to understand that kindness, generosity, compassion can change someone's life because that could be the tiniest little bit of like, oh, someone sees me someone believes in me I can go and do what I know is innately true for me and what I my abilities are ah okay so it's almost like I'll plant the seeds in the soil I'll water them I'll let the sun go but at the end of the day um I don't have a responsibility about how mother nature works whether the seed sprouts you just keep you give it's not like just if like a seed doesn't sprout doesn't mean that all these other seeds won't yeah yeah okay Yeah, like you can't expect, like I can't expect every single person's life that I touch for them to become the next Einstein. Like that's just, you know, that's not reality. But, you know, I think of it as like I can't change or no one in this world has the ability to change the entire world. Humans aren't like that. The world's not wide like that. But you have the opportunity and the ability to make a difference in someone's life, no matter how small that is. So, and what they choose to do with that difference is on them and for them to figure out what they need to do. So, like, I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to give the opportunity for these children to get an education because they not, might not excel. Like, that's that's just not fair. That's not why I'm doing what I'm doing. There's the opportunity for them and if they take that opportunity, great. If they don't, also great. They'll find another path. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. I really, I really love that because it's quite. It's honestly, it's quite freeing of 
of of having to control something that you can't and i think that mindset can be taken to any sort of thing with with people and in life and when there's results and outcomes because i think if we always i think one thing that i've always learned is that if you focus too heavily on outcome and controlling everything you'll just freeze up and you'll never be able to get or do anything but it, but just like you said that whole focus back on inside and developing that inner world and your choices your values your actions that's really awesome to hear that it even translates into this generosity aspect as well so yeah yeah like i guess an example that all of us would be familiar with is someone sitting outside a train station or a bus station or like a shop and they're clearly homeless whether or not they're legitimately homeless we'll never know but Mm. they're obviously asking for money for one reason or another I'm not gonna say like if I have change in my pocket I will give that change obviously sometimes I don't have change we live in a cashless society at the moment so it's a little bit of a eh. but you know if I was to have five dollars in my bag I would just give that on goodwill and generosity whether they choose to go and use that to buy something that's really not what they need or they choose to go and buy a sandwich that's on them but I'm not gonna like not give them that opportunity to do what they need to do yeah yeah I get that I get that I think that's I think that's important because you know it's it's important because it, it's almost like um it's a whole analogy of sunlight it's like sunlight is shining on on everything and it's not gonna try to exclude it from anyone you know no. yeah so that's cool that's really cool. So maybe I might ask you, like just near nearing kind of um the end of things, say say it's um 2019 or 2018 or even I don't know, 2020. We went younger, like a couple of years back, right? Yeah. And you you time travel back in time, right? And you can give yourself some like some advice. What what advice would you be giving yourself? It's a good question. And I would probably tell myself that there is power in patience. Like there is power in being patient. Um, I'm a very, very driven person. Um, I'm determined sometimes to a fault. And if anything, the circumstances that happened over the last couple of years forced a lot of people to slow down and definitely forced me to slow down. And Initially, I was like, damn, this is going to suck. I'm not going to be able to achieve what I wanted to achieve. I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And looking back, I'm like, that is okay. That needed to happen. And so there's power and patience because, sure, I wasn't able to go and travel the world like I expected to for the you know first part of my very early 20s. But I was able to develop, to develop a lot more as a person. Um, and sure, travel can give you that perspective, but also the fact where you're forced to be in a situation where it might not be as comfortable for you, that allows you to look inside a lot and figure out, you know, what might be uncomfortable about the fact that you can't get what you want. Um, so I would definitely say that there is power in being patient. Um, and, you know, small steps lead to a big, big leap before you actually realize that that leap has happened. Ooh, that's a big one. I love that. So power being patient, search inside, and small small steps lead to a big leap. 
Yeah, that's really cool. And sometimes you don't even realize that you've made that big leap, but damn, you get there. <laughs> that's epic. That's epic. And Maeve, um, we will talk. We will talk about um Anuka and how to su- support Anuka. So we will get on to that. But before we do that, was there was there something that you wanted to share on the podcast, or that you'd like to share as your your kind of final words? on the podcast or a question that you wish I asked you? Like, I don't know. It's kind of like a bit of an open-end. Oh, this is very open-ended. Yeah, like, capture anything else I can capture. Um, I don't know. I think I probably sound super hippie if I say this, but, <laughs> you know, I'm guessing that you have quite, like, quite a young audience. Um, yeah. Like your podcast stats um people like you and us like you and I you know 20s 30s yeah I'm gonna sound super hippie but um, (laughs) if I was to say one last thing it would be just to like you know go outside step on the grass with your bare feet and for a moment just for a moment (laughs) like grounding yourself can do wonders it can change your entire day um So if you, like, you don't even have to have your shoes off. Just go outside, breathe a breath of fresh air, like, or just take a moment to, like, not be connected to anything and just be like, okay, cool. Like, whether that's, like, journaling or, you know, going for a walk or, like, eating your favourite food without having your phone, oh, you know, uh, uh, screen side up, put it screen side down so you don't know that there's notifications coming, like, just 30 seconds to just be like, okay, like just disconnect for 30 seconds. Like that's something that has really helped me a lot um, because, yeah, obviously not just, you know, doing Anuka stuff. We all, well, you know, everyone works, everyone has other hobbies and that sort of stuff. Like, you know, no one just works the nine to five anymore. There's so many other things going on in everyone's life that complicates things. So taking 30 seconds for yourself every day is important and I think that gets lost sometimes wow so 30 seconds for yourself go step on some grass have, yeah. have that grounding I love that that's actually a major vibe yeah I don't know <laughs> yeah no love that love that it wasn't What's even next that... for Jacob maybe... that's my question <laughs> I know I was gonna say maybe I wasn't even that hippie I was expecting something like way worse <laughs> we, we got that was actually really awesome grounded advice <laughs> sometimes I think you know it just gets lost in translation in terms of social media or expectations that you know it is important to just take some time for you Mm. and you know you know what even in the shower just you know let the water run over you just let you do you for at least some part of the day so you're not constantly bombarded by thoughts feelings expectations you know pressure from the outside world Mm. there's too much of that nowadays damn mate you just you've been dropping some major major wisdom bombs i feel like everyone needs a bit of mave grounding a bit of mave grounding and focus you know that's cool that's cool well thank you yeah well mave massive 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 thank you for coming on to the potty tonight i've had a great conversation i've i'm really excited just to sit with all that i've learned in conversing with you and uh, maybe may i ask um how can how can 
how can the gang support you? How could someone support you in a new case? If they felt like uplifted or inspired by your message or they feel drawn to it, how could they support you? Yes. So um, there's a couple of different ways. Um, We obviously monetary support, um, so donations are really appreciated. Um, Otherwise, if you're able to volunteer a service, we also look for that. Um, So whether that, you know, you might have a particular skill set that could help out um, in the digital world even though I've just been saying how much to get out of the digital world. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, um, you know, social media, content creating, um, like those sorts of skills, um, I'm always looking for help with that um, and to obviously help with the NUCA and then that sort of thing. Otherwise, yeah, um, you can sign up to be a regular donor for as little as $5 a month, which is your cup of coffee for one day of the week. Um, (laughs) or, you know, that you can be increased to whatever, or you can make a one-off donation, or there's also opportunities on the website to donate money to a specific, um, part of our project. So if you want to buy books for a classroom, you want to buy a sewing machine for another, um, young woman like Mary, um, you know, you want to help contribute to the building of a vocational center. There are those options on there as well. Um, and soon we'll also have, um, sponsors, the sponsorship for students um through from k to 12 wow that is that is freaking exciting Maeve I can't wait to see um where this thing will go it's so awesome I was just like when I was reflecting on like I, one of the main thoughts I, I actually had is like oh I've never actually met a real human being who's actually started a charity <laughs> so like yeah for the folks out for the folks there, this is a real human being. Man, this is a real human being. She is living on earth doing this thing. So yeah, just wanna thank you for that. I had to express that before oh, we uh, yeah, jumped no off. Worries. But yeah, amazing stuff. No, so, well, thank you for this opportunity, Jacob. I appreciate it. It's been a good chat. No worries, no worries. Thank you, May, for jumping on. So glad you came on. And we will call it a night. <laughs>